Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. I am thrilled to have the opportunity to share missionary stories today, mm-hmm. stories from the field uh, that really give us a picture of what's happening in the in the mission field, um, seeing how the the Lord's work, uh, the Lord is at work uh, in the mission field, and excited to share that today. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Arthur Just, serving the Lord in Latin America and the Caribbean region as a theological educator in uh, primarily in the Dominican Republic. Dr. Just, thank you for joining us on the Coffee Hour. It's delightful to be here with you today. It is. I have a million questions, and we're going to pack them into two segments. Um, We'll start with your education and experience as a pastor growing up in New England. Uh, And so share with us stories from your, your, whether it's your childhood or your education, what uh, led you to becoming a pastor? And then we'll talk about being a professor and now serving as a missionary as well. Absolutely. Well, you know, I I feel like I'm at the, this is my swan song. I'm (laughs) I'm at the end of my my career here, and it's it's interesting how it's come full circle, because um, when I was 13, my dad worked for General Electric, and he decided to take the whole family to Mexico City. Now, back in those days, 1966, that was unusual for people to go overseas. You know, Mexico was a exotic place. Everybody goes, Mexico. I mean, and I mean, I remember the first couple months being there, my mother and my, there were four of us, I was the oldest two poodles, one was pregnant, and the culture shock, you know, of not knowing the language, shopping there. And, and I, we lived there eight years. Now, I was only there two years. I went away to school outside Boston when I was 15. But I'd keep going back and forth to Mexico. And that was, I mean, that put the Spanish as part of my, you know, capacity to, to speak Spanish. Although I'm, I was fluent at one point when I was young, then I didn't use the language for a long time, and now it's coming back. But anyway, I, I had this love for Latin American countries, for Spanish-speaking countries, feel home in them. Um, then we went to Spain for four years, northern Spain. My father did the same thing, manager of finance there. And we were there during the year that Franco died. So we were there under the dictatorship and then into the period where you know Spain was you know entering into this democracy that it supposedly now is. And, um, you know, we lived in the Basque country, and it was, I always tell people, it was illegal to be a Protestant. We had to worship in secret with the Anglicans in a, in a cemetery, in a chapel out in the middle of nowhere. The Anglican bishop would fly in once a month. You know, there were no Lutherans, of course. So that was very formative, you know. And um, throughout my entire ministry, starting at seminary, then when I was a parish pastor in Connecticut, when I was at the seminary teaching, I always wanted to start a mission in Spain, but there was always a roadblock. You know, it, people did not have the same passion for that that I had, and I always kind of just chalked it up. And that's when I kind of dropped the Spanish language. I worked on a doctorate, became, you know, a New Testament professor and the like. But then in 2002, um, I was asked to go to Spain a year and a half after they started a mission there through Argentina to. Um, to basically be a transition between two Argentinian missionaries. 
But because of visa issues, which is a huge issue, as you know, <laughs> I ended up being the guy. And so I got to know everybody, um, and I was oriented by one missionary, and I oriented the new missionary. And that really kind of clicked my my love for Spain. And then it was 10 years again. I took 10 years off. I was working a deaconess program and actually serving more in Africa with deaconesses. But then in 2012, exactly 10 years later, just a coincidence, I happened to be in Haiti for the dedication of a seminary. I'm sitting in the car with Ted Cray, who's the regional <laughs> director. He used to work for me in the chapel when I was dean of the chapel. And um, he was talking about Spain, and he didn't know that I had this relationship with Spain. So long and short of it is I went there right away for 10 more weeks and got very involved at a time that was sort of crucial for them in terms of transition. And I've been working ever since, and it's been growing, growing, growing. A couple years ago, we started this seminary in the DR, which we'll talk about later, mm -hmm. but I was on the, the faculty there. I was associate director, actually. But now, a year after only doing that for a year, I now, um, and I only did that part-time. I still teach at Fort Wayne winter and spring, but summer and fall, I, I do OIM work. I now am on the executive committee for OIM, so I oversee the work in Latin America, the Caribbean, and Spain. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I used to report to Ted. Now Ted reports to me. It's kind of fun. You know? <laughs> but anyway, he's a delight to work with, one of the greatest men I know, a, a real visionary and a, an incredible pastor and missionary. And I mean, things are just going crazy in Latin America in a good way. we got so much going on. Mm -hmm. And so here I am. I started, you know, at 13 in a Spanish-speaking context. And I, I just think of my parents all the time, how my father especially would just delight that I have returned to this. Because mm -hmm. he always wondered why it wasn't more a part of my life. And, it, you know, I had other things that we were doing. and But now I'm back there. And it's it really is kind of the thing that I, I just love the most. It's so much fun. It's great. It's great to be in, in the, the cut and thrust of mission. And I mean, our, our you know, what do you want to call it? Our motto, our, our, sem, our, our region is, is spreading the gospel, planting Lutheran churches and showing mercy. And uh, planting Lutheran churches in, is in a sense the heart of it. And uh, to plant Lutheran churches, you need Lutheran pastors. I've been in theological education for 35 plus years. Since 96, I've been involved overseas when we started, helped start a seminary in Siberia. So I've been doing that, you know, for 23 years. And it's just great to see how that all comes together. Ran a deaconess program and started it. So showing mercy is a, was a big part of my life for about eight years at the seminary. So, so it really is an interesting thing how it's all come together for me. And, and I, think, I think it's, you know, wonderful to work here with the OIM staff. And to be part of, you know, the conversation of the larger picture of the whole world, which is what we do in the executive staff. Even though I my 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 area is Latin America, we do talk about other things when we get together. So it's been it's been a great run. That's and I mean, <clears throat> being a New Testament guy, it, it I have. I mean, this has been a, a number of years now. But you know how you sometimes read a book of the Bible, looking for a particular thing. Well, when you start looking at it through the lens of of the mission of the church, it's it's a different book. It's a different it's a it's a, it's a different 
experience and having that lens, I mean, and that was always there. It's how could it not be? But to focus on that. So I've been reading a lot of literature, you know, in the last three or four years, particularly about the missiological aspects of the New Testament. And that has been refreshing and renewing for me. I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed that. And I get to share that. That's one of the things that are constantly asking me to do, to give a paper here, to talk here, to do that. And I, and I delight in that. I'm sharing, you know, articles I'm reading all the time with the missionaries and the faculty at the, at the seminary in the DR. And, and it, it's really, it's, it's been a, it's wonderful. I, I, I hope you can see my enthusiasm here. <laughs> Absolutely. I you mean, can hear it. You can hear it. I yeah. know that I'm sitting with these two lovely people and they're, they're watching <laughs> me, but I, I mean, it's really an incre- incredible experience to be part of this. Mm-hmm. And I feel, you know, I'm a, New England guy, so mm-hmm. this is going to probably make people turn off the radio. But I'm I'm a I'm a New England Patriots fan. Oh I man, know that's, I know that's hard. But I come from it honestly because Bill Belichick and I were high school classmates. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, and man. the guy, the genius who talks in his ear, they're both geniuses. Is Ernie Adams, one of my best friends. But anyway, the reason I bring that up is what I told the uh, the lack Latin American Caribbean region is. You know, when I gave my presentation in August to our conference, I said, I kind of feel like one of those tight ends at the end of his career who's, you know, kind of picked up by the Patriots and you go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm I'm with the Super Bowl being part of this Latin American Caribbean region because they, they really are, are working together, doing the right thing. And I feel very privileged to be at the end of my, my career, this swan song, to be part of this community. It's great. Yeah, uh, every every missionary that we have on from the Latin America, Caribbean, and Spain uh, region, they always have all of these great stories. And, and as we've been able to talk with them over the last um, couple of years on the Coffee Hour and on Faith and Family before when we were doing that, um, there's just this this mm-hmm. immense growth of stories and of opportunities that um, that they've all been able to share. And it's fantastic for you to just kind of pull it all together. Yeah, it is. You know, I, you want stories. One of the stories of the guy in Spain who I met in 2002, um, Javier Sanchez, uh, he is an English professor. He's from Toledo, which is the heart of Catholic, you know, mm-hmm. Spain. I mean, it's right it's south of Madrid. Um, and he was somebody who, you know, in learning English went to England and he became sort of fascinated by the Protestant kind of milieu of England. And he he was a theological being. Um, He at one time, I think, was interested in being a priest. So he was theologically oriented. And he found his way to Lutheranism through the Lutheran confessions. And he was one of the founding guys of the church back in the year 2000. Now he and I are exactly the same age. In Spanish we call, he. this is his language, la misma quinta, which is what they say if you're in the military and you're drafted and you're the same regiment. You know, he says you and I are in the same regiment. And when we're together, I mean, we are the, and I mean, his story and what he's done and what he continues to do in retirement, and he suffered a, a, a fairly significant stroke. Mm. But he's made his way back, and and we get all these emails from people in Spain. That's that's the internet is kind of a key entrance in. People see our website, they read our stuff, and they go, "Wow, this I want to. This is this is the gospel." You know, they don't know that, but they this is what I want, and they email us, and we get so many of them. And he's the guy who answers them. Hmm. He can type, 
So he's answering those, and he's perfect because he's very learned. He's Spanish. He's got the capacity to write, you know, very easily, and he has this wonderful evangelical spirit that brings people in. And my wife and I will visit him next week. Mm. We will see them. I always make a, a personal visit to him because he and his wife are that we go way back. The the his family and my family back <clears throat> two thousand two. We had the first Lutheran service in Toledo wow. in almost 500 years. Wow. So that was an amazing story. That's incredible. <laughs> well, we have more stories to share, and we'll learn more about uh, what's happening in the Dominican Republic as well. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Stick around. <laughs> You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with the Reverend Dr. Arthur Juss, who serves the Lord in Latin America and the Caribbean region, particularly as a theological educator in the Dominican Republic. And that's where I want to zero in. I love the stories, love it is, hearing. It is story um, time right now. Well, yeah, well, it's the, fantastic. Those formative <laughs> years, I mean, that that says that speaks so much to uh, what happens in the mission field, those formative mm-hmm. years and how how God used those years to to shape you and form you into not only a pastor, but a professor and a missionary as well. And uh, how then uh, he uses all of that in the field. So let's let's move to uh, the Dominican Republic now and, uh, and and zero in on that. Tell us about the work that's happening there. Well, the, the thing I want to talk about most is the seminary, mm-hmm. because it is, I'm a theological educator. And that's really how I got into the halftime with, you know, OIM. And we we decided it was part of the mission statement and the, the strategic plan of our our region to, to have a Dominican seminary for the Dominicans, but also to serve the region. And um, we have a building outside Santiago, right on the mountainside, which underneath is a primary school, and then there's a Mercy Center next to it. And what we did was we just put a third floor on, and that's the seminary. And we didn't know. You know, you start a seminary, you hope people come. It's kind of like Field of Dreams. Build it, they <laughs> will it. come, right? <clears throat> well, this is our third year of starting. We had a graduation last year of guys who had been in other seminaries but came to finish with us. We graduated, I think, seven last year. And these are people these – are, these are in – people from the countries of Latin and South America who went back to those countries mm-hmm. to serve as pastors. So these aren't American missionaries. They're not, I mean, these are, these are Mexicans, Guatemalans, Venezuelans. Um, this year, we have 
nine residential students. And I got to tell you that, I mean, I've taught at Fort Wayne for 35 years, and especially the younger guys, I, I love, you know, teaching seminary students because they're really interested in what you're doing. You don't have to do any kind of cabaret to get their interest. <laughs> and these guys, and they're committed to theology, confessional theology, the Bible, the languages. I mean, this group of students are just passionate about Lutheran theology. And they're young. Some, you know, they're, Most of them are in their young 20s. We have a couple that are older, but these are kids, much younger than my children. And they, and they, they, they treat me like kind of the old, venerable, you know, you know, professor who comes in. And, and my Spanish isn't, you know, great, but I can, I can teach. And they, they always, occasionally, they'll be looking at each other, they'll be laughing, and I'll say, what did I say? <laughs> and they go, we don't, we don't want to tell you, Prof, because, you know, no, I want to know what I said, because I don't want to say it again. And then they start laughing, and then they tell me. <laughs> but, I mean, we have Greek readings every day. Wow. I mean, we're doing the Greek. They have Hebrew readings. They have they have um, readings in Luther. I mean, these guys are just, and they're so full of life, and they're so passionate to go back and share the gospel and plant churches in their 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 communities. Now, as I said, we have nine residential students. We have six on vicarage, so those are fifteen that are associated with the residential program we have. One of the things, this is another story, but I number of years ago started an online program with the folks in Argentina, four-year program, kind of like an SMP. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I oversaw the development of that curriculum. I taught a number of those courses, all online, all distance learning. And we now have 27 in that program. Wow. So these are people who can't come. So if you do the math, 15 and 27, that's 30, I'm not good at math. That's 36. 32, no, 42. Oh, that's forty-two <laughs> students what that, are, that are None of us we're responsible <laughs> for, you know. And here's one of the things that's we have this diaconal accent too. Mm-hmm. And now this isn't a degree program; it's a certificate program. A lot of these people don't have much education, but around Latin America, these are people from the countries in Latin America and the Caribbean. We have a hundred and forty students in the deaconess training. Wow. I mean, that's 140. And we have an w- incredible program, an incredible, you know, deaconesses trained in our University of Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, at Concordia University of Chicago, and the two seminaries who are overseeing this program. I mean, it's, it's just an incredible thing. Um, to give you an example, uh, Spain, going back to Spain, five years ago we had one pastor mm-hmm. this, this next, well, this month, a couple weeks, we're going to, install two more pastors, which is going to take us up to six. Now, here's how Spain works with the Dominican Republic. We have a residential student from Cadiz, which is just south of Sevilla, right on the water, Mario. He was in in a Roman Catholic seminary studying to be a priest. And he found us, and he found the gospel. And we started talking to him, and he completely left, you know, the seminary and that whole life. And we thought, because he was young and he needed the immersion in a seminary context, Mario Sanchez is his name. He's a, just a jolly old, fun Sp- Spanish Spanish guy. He's He is now in his second year in the Dominican doing a vicarage in downtown Santiago de los Caballeros. You know, and, uh, the Dominican context and Spanish context, much different. But he's 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 actually been there to, 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 to kind of 
I don't want to say plant two churches, but find places for church plants to, to worship in only two years in the Dominican. He's going to take that experience back to Spain. Mm-hmm. This weekend, we're going to have a colloquy of another Spanish student. He's actually a pastor, Presbyterian pastor. In the, in the, he's a Spaniard. But they wanted him to begin to ordain women, and he wouldn't mm-hmm. do it. So he left. I mean, he left his whole livelihood of 15, 16 years. Again, found us. We've had him, you know, in kind of theological education for a number of years. Um, I'm totally confident he's going to pass his colloquy, and then we will install him, you know. So there, the seminary is the, 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 the arm of the colloquy. So residential and colloquy, just like our seminaries. Mm-hmm. So they're functioning like a seminary. And I mean... The, the impact that we're having. We're also going to install a man, Isaac Machado. I think I can say his name. He's a Venezuelan. Okay. Now, what a great story his is. His father from Venezuela has two doctorates. His mother's a deaconess, very pious family in Venezuela. But of course, you know the crisis in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. It's just, and and we're taking care of those pastors. This mm-hmm. November, we're bringing them to the DR for the third time we do theological education with them. We love them up. We give them money for medicines and foods. They take empty suitcases that, you know, we buy empty suitcases. We fill it with whatever they want. We give them, a, you know, whatever they need to, to fill those suitcases. They go home and, and they take care of all these people. Isaac was a student the, the year I was on the faculty, is, is, and we had Hurricane Maria. Mm. They're out in this seminary building on the mountain. We didn't want them out there. We didn't know what was going to happen with the hurricane. So we brought them, and they all stayed, the seminarians stayed with various people. Well, I got Isaac, <laughs> and I didn't know it at the time, but he's a great cook. And we had gas, so he was making me arepas, which is a wonderful Venezuelan food. But we sat there for a lot of the hurricane, and we talked. He's, he loves the liturgy. We were talking liturgical theology. He knows mm-hmm. that's a passion of mine. I mean, I was so impressed with this guy. And we're now, he's what we call an alliance missionary. So he's a member of a church in Latin America, Venezuela, who we're using in another place as a missionary. He's under our funding. And he's going to be one of the pastors in Spain. And I think he's going to be just great. He has a sister who's in Barcelona. So it's, mm-hmm. there's going to be a nice opportunity as a family. But I think We've, you know, we've had some work done in Barcelona before. I think this will open us up to going there even more. So these are the kinds of stories. I could just go on and on and on. I mean, <clears throat> we've got th- things going on in Uruguay that I think people would be interested in. Mm-hmm. We're going to put a Lutheran university there. We're working oh, with yeah. people there. It's going to be the first Lutheran university in a Spanish-speaking country. Now, there is one in Brazil, of course, but that's, mm-hmm. that's Portuguese. And what's ironic is Uruguay is one of the most secular countries in the world, not just in Latin America, South America. It's more secular than Spain. And we're putting in a Lutheran university. And, I, and they're, they're going to be committed to having every student <clears throat> take Lutheran theology. So the opportunity there is just incredible. Um, what else? Puerto Rico, the work we're doing in Puerto Rico because disaster relief. But what's interesting is we have these, what we call them, foros. Mm-hmm. And they, um, the words forum in, in, in English. And we bring people together to 
support the work we're doing in places, partners and the like. Well, what's interesting, you know, Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Mm. So our foro is in Florida, Georgia, because there are so many Puerto Ricans there. And this will bring, bring people together, you know. Any of your listeners who want to be part of these foros, we'd love to have them. Um, beginning of November, we're going to have a foro for Mexico, but we're going to do it in Texas in conjunction with the Texas district and Harlingen, Texas, which gives people from, you know, that area close to Mexico to participate in some of the work we're actually doing in Mexico and the kind of the blurring of the lines between national mission and international mission, especially in Spanish-speaking work. And the guys here, Bob Segor, Dan McMiller, the two, you know, they're in charge of international and national. We get together all the time. We talk about how we can work together in bringing the gospel to people who are speaking Spanish. So this is not just international, but it's national as well. So these are just, just, I mean, it's just the tip of the iceberg of some of the things that we're doing. And, you know, we've got, you know, over 100 people, families and children, missionaries, that we're responsible for in Latin America and the Caribbean and Spain together. So I mean, that's a lot of people. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite an operation. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, spreading the gospel, planning Lutheran churches, and showing mercy. That's what we're about. We have just about a minute left. What can we share in one minute? <laughs> uh, how yeah. can we follow the work that's happening in Well, Latin I mean, the Synod has an incredible website now, mm-hmm. and I would just go on there and look and click on Latin America, Caribbean, Spain. But, you know, check out the other regions. I mean, I, I'm partial, of course, but, I mean, we've got so many exciting things going on all over the world. Those of you who are at the convention or, or listen to the presentations at the convention I mean, joyfully Lutheran, 125 years of mission. And I thought all our regional directors did an exceptional job of presenting the work that they're doing in their various regions. And I don't know if those are available, but it would be great. I, I would, I would, you know, there's tw- 20 minutes. You could hear, really, the, and their stories, which is what we're about, aren't we? <laughs> stories. There's stories about people in these regions, and I think that would be a wonderful access to whatever region you might have an interest in. The Reverend Dr. Arthur Joss, serving the Lord in Latin America and the Caribbean region. Thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Such a delight to be with the two of you. Get to, to meet you two for the first time, so thank you. <laughs> I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.